My name is Tom Chick. You're listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast, where we talk to the people who make the forum what it is about the games that matter to them. Today, we are here with uh, a poster who fits in a category that we all know as adjective animals. Uh, Fuzzy Slug, your real name is, of course, Ken. Is it Wooten? Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. And do you get all kinds of jokes where people write like W-O-O-T exclamation point, like that whole woot thing? No, I really don't, actually. <laughs> well, if I was I hanging around you a lot, I would I would throw that at you a lot. Yeah, I think it was just because I, I got through high school and college before uh, that became pretty popular. All right, well, maybe by the time your kids get older, it won't have died out and they can use that or they can enjoy the fruits of, of that. Because uh, I can't help but see your name and think, woot. <laughs> <laughs> Zeros. Uh, so do you, do you think of yourself as one of the adjective animals? Because you guys are kind of like your own club, aren't you? I, I actually have heard that term, but no, I don't think I uh, think about that in particular. Do you know what your out is? Because I can tell you why. Here's where you should uh, hang your hat on the idea that you're not an adjective animal. According to IGN, I don't think slugs are animals. And they're insects? Is, is <laughs> I don't know. Right? You know, they, they published a, a review that opened with something. I don't know what it was for, but it was it, it opened with the premise that, that squids aren't really animals. Whoever was writing the review actually wrote in the review, well, squids aren't animals, so blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it was just that, – that's a little in-joke thing that I guess you missed on the forum, Ken. I, I did see it at one point, but it's been a while. <laughs> so I don't know. IGN might think of slugs as, as animals. So okay, well, well, let's let's cut to the chase. Why the heck is your forum name Fuzzy Slug? Because frankly, when I the visual that that puts in my head, Ken, it's kind of gross. Yeah, and and there was something. It might have, it wasn't Xbox Live, but there was one of the uh, you know the PlayStation Network or something like that. Didn't like it very much, and it does come off as um, you know not allowed every once in a while. Fuzzy uh, slug? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's the fuzzy part or the slug part, or I, I'm not sure where they're going there. But it, I do run into problems occasionally. Okay. Um, it was basically just a conversation I had with a, a friend of mine, you know, back in college, trying to make uh, you know internet forum names, and and uh, he was like the wizard of many ways, and I said, hey, I need a forum name. And he said, Fuzzy the Wonder Slug, and and I had to shorten it. And, <laughs> and believe it or not, Fuzzy Slug. Isn't typically taken when I, you know, when something new opens up or you know, can I, I, I don't find that hard to believe. <laughs> I think your friend though got the the far better deal there. What was his name? What did he go by? The Wizard of Many Ways. That's nice. That sounds like some album from the seventies or something. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you, uh, what part of the country are you in? You're out east. Um, yes, I live in Pennsylvania. I live in a small town called Littlestown. Oh, you know, actually, I can't even believe I asked you that, Ken, because I actually know that about you. There's a contingent of Pennsylvanians that uh, moved to Los Angeles that I hang out with, and I know them through Mike Cathcart. Yes. Uh, And Mike told me to tell you to come to Cereal Bowl. Does that mean anything to you? It does, yes. The Cereal Bowl is essentially a big fighting game tournament that he runs at his house. Um, and it's it's quite a blast. If you're in the area and uh, you want an invite, make sure you knock on Mike's uh, virtual door. But you know, you, you're you guys are playing games like uh, like you know Soul Calibur and whatnot. You know, you can't like say, hey, does anybody want to play Supreme Commander or uh, Left for Dead? You're stuck there the whole time playing Street Fighter 4 SSD Super Turbo. 
Yeah, well, it's actually typical. It's typically you know four or five different fighting games, and anytime you get that many uh, you know gaming geeks together, you know the DSs are you know <laughs> come out, and I think it's the only place I've actually had you know a networked you know game of Mario Kart with more than five players. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you move to Los Angeles, you could join us at Shoe Club, and we can show you what that's like more regularly. So just something yeah. to consider, Ken. Yeah, I wish we had something more regular around here. <laughs> Uh, so you live in Pennsylvania. You uh, you have two little kids who are sleeping now, right? That's correct. Now, what do they think of the fact that their dad is into games? They must be champing at the bit to play video games, yeah? They, they are. I, I don't know if they think explicitly about their dad really being into games because that's just how it is. They, mm-hmm. they might look at other fathers and wonder why they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, it may actually go the opposite way. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely big into video games. And what can a five and seven year old play? What are they into? Um, well, my one son is uh, is into anything where you build. So um, he's a big fan of Connects. I don't know if you're familiar with Connects. I'm actually not. Um, what is that? They're they're essentially like Legos, um, but you know you use them to build things like roller coasters and you know big cars. But he he likes to build roller coasters. Oh, this isn't a video game you're telling me about. I don't know. No, okay. Okay. This is actually a, a toy that you play with. This is an analog object, a thing in the real world. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but, you know, that, that that all translates to video games as well. So his games are things like, you know, Little Big Planet, Banjo-Kazooie, you know, Nuts and Bolts, um, mm-hmm. which may actually be his favorite game at the moment. Um, you know, Roller Coaster Tycoon, obviously. You know, anything where he can build and, and play around. He just wants, you know... He, you know, you know, we had mentioned Little Big Planet right before we started, but you know, the, basically the way he looks at it is, there is no game there. He just wants to make stuff. He doesn't care about the game. He doesn't want to play it. He gets upset at me when I try to play it. That's um, kind of the perfect approach to Little Big Planet, by the way. <laughs> if you yeah. go with the Little Big Planet and you're expecting like much in the way of gameplay, I, I think it's going to fail you. A guy like your son, perfect for Little Big Planet. If you just want to build stuff, that's a great game. <laughs> Yeah, no interest in jumping around whatsoever. He just wants to do it. Now, so what does he do? With, like, so he's just dropping bits and pieces in a level. Does he like then play through it, or he just like basically saves collages? Um, a little bit of both. I, I think if he left to his own devices, he would spend most of his time just saving, you know, saving little bits and pieces of the level. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did it with uh, what's the the game where you throw stuff at. A giant block, so boom blocks, boom blocks. Yes, on the Wii. He spent a lot of time with that editor, and that that's really nice because you can set something up and kind of press play and just let it go. Right, right. That's right because all the little animals have their behaviors, and gravity will kick in, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's all he kind of wants. Uh, does does the five year old uh, have that that as well? Um, not as much. He he tends well. He he likes the, he loves his DS. So he plays his DS all the time, and he think he loves the Lego games, and that's what he wants to go through. Mm-hmm. He actually went through a very interesting thing just recently, where he's kind of been transitioning off the Lego games and onto Mario. Which, for a little kid, it's kind of an interesting transition because Mario is a game where you die all the time, and it, and it's pretty punishing. And the Lego games are quite the opposite. Uh, it's an important stage in a child's development is learning frustration. <laughs> and video games can help with that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, so what things do they – do Do you ever play games w- with them, or do they just kind of do their own thing and you're you're hanging around? Like, can you do any – because you know what Little Big Planet has, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there two-player co-op? You can run through any level two players, can't you? 
Yes, there is. I, I don't think we've ever ran through a level two players. Um, my wife and I have, but uh, but with the son, it's you know we we go into the creator and play around two players. Mm-hmm. Um, so we play you know things like the Lego games. I guess kind of like the standard you know, the Lego games. Actually, the whole family plays Lego Star Wars, or not Star Wars, Lego Indiana Jones. Even the wife gets in on that. Wow. Now, how did you um, convince your wife to do this? Did she did she come predisposed to accept video games, or did this take some convincing? Um. Uh, she, we've been together. My, I guess I've been with my wife uh, almost 18 years, I think now. So is that right? Gosh, it can't be that long. Um, she kind of knows that gaming is just kind of part of me, so she just kind of accepts it and she dips her toe in where she, you know, where she likes it. So she, she definitely loves the Indiana Jones games, and I actually gave her the last one for Christmas this year. <laughs> That's not a present for her. You gave it to her <laughs> so that you could have it around to play. Uh, right? That may be the case. Did I just bust you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know how that works. She knows it, too. <laughs> uh, I had a girlfriend once that uh, she had an, uh, a Game Boy. This is way back when. And I remember uh, she showed me a couple of games that she had on it. And, you know, it was like Tetris and something else. And so I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy her the latest Donkey Kong, uh, which I did. And she couldn't have cared less. <laughs> so I realized, you know, I, that, that, was, that was a me present. Uh, <laughs> But I guess when you're married 18 years, you can you can get by with a few of those. Like, here, yeah. this is for you. Can I open it now? <laughs> well, my wife actually has a DS as well. Wait a minute. What is your wife doing with a DS? Uh, she's well. She's playing Indiana Jones, and she's uh, she likes she likes adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to get her into was it Phoenix Wright? And she oh, you know, I've never Hotel Dusk. Now I've never tried the Phoenix Wright games. So those are straight up adventure games, right? The Phoenix Wright games? Yeah, like, it's hard like to have... call them adventure games, really. Um, they're very, some parts of them are very similar to adventure games, and some parts are more just kind of figuring out where to lead a conversation. Dialogue trees? Yeah, yeah, they're dialogue trees, and you're trying to basically prove your case. So you're trying to trip somebody up, and you're using evidence you collected in kind of the adventure game portion of the game. Right, but the main portion of it is really you sitting in front of a judge and and talking. And are there fail states? Like, can you can you hit dead ends and fail your case, or can you die? You, you can very much hit. Yeah, well, you don't die, but they go to jail and the game ends. Oh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, you can you know do the wrong thing or ask the wrong question or you know. Uh, you know, occasionally you're given some kind of screen that says, you know, point out, you know, what's making you think this. And if you, you know, select the wrong thing, you can fail out. Right. Uh, now, now tell me, uh, what does your wife do? What does my wife do? Well, mm-hmm. she's she's mostly a stay-at-home mom. She also mm-hmm. um, sells Pampered Chef. Sells what? Pampered Chef. What is that? Um, it's essentially... Um, uh, it, let's see, food gadgets, you know, for, well, I wouldn't say for women, but it's basically gadgets for cooking. Okay. Are you guys like a, a big cooking household, or is that just something she kind of does on the side? That, well, that's just something she kind of does on the side. She right. does most of the cooking. Uh, and now what do you do? What do I do? I'm a computer programmer. What kind of stuff do you program? Um, I'm kind of, I, I guess I consider myself more of a jack-of-all-trades. I I. I dip into a lot of different languages. I work on something called Wiser, which you can actually just, if you search for Wiser on the web, um, we're, we should be the first hit. But um, it's a free program that, you, that I work on for the National Library of Medicine. And uh, it's available on, I don't know, eight different platforms. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do a little bit of Windows programming, you know, PocketBC, smartphone. 
I'm actually working on an iPhone application right now. Now, you say iPhone application, I immediately think, ooh, is Ken making a game? But you're not, are you? I am not, at okay. least not right now. Uh, and how did you get into computer programming? You were a nerd growing up, and you just sort of followed that path? Yeah, I, that, that's basically it. I actually went into college as a um, mechanical engineer, and uh, that didn't work out for various odd reasons with scheduling and, and just switched over to computer computer science. What does various odd reasons with scheduling mean, if I may ask? Oh, well, they, and I, I don't want to get too far off into a kind of an uninteresting story, but basically uh, the way the engineering program works at, at the college that I went to is it was, um, it's very strict in that you have all, you know, everything's prerequisites. And, uh, and, and me and a friend of mine who also became a computer science major um, followed the advice of one of the advisors to, to not take one of those pre prerequisites that first semester and wait to the second semester. So we waited. And the next semester, they didn't offer the classes we needed, so we waited. And the next semester, they didn't offer the classes we needed, so we switched. <laughs> would, would your life, do you think, be very different if you had gotten those classes? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know about how different. I mean, certainly my, my profession would be completely different. Mm -hmm. I think I, I picked a good timing coming out about 98 to, uh, to enter, you know, the computer programming realm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, things would be a little bit different. I don't think they'd be a ton different. Uh, what kind of job would a mechanical engineer get, out of curiosity? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I would hope you'd build things, kind of what I do now. Um, you know, one of my internships as a mechanical engineer was actually to go into, you know, it was a Black & Decker and, you know, help them build vacuum cleaners. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, that was pretty fun. So, and was all so that kind of thing. And, and was all this in Pennsylvania? Do you live where you were from and where you went to school? Um, well, I lived I lived about an hour from where I am now. I actually uh, grew up most of my life in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that show, The Wire, is set in Baltimore. I don't know if you know that. I, I am very aware of that. The Wire is an awesome show. And uh, <laughs> if you've ever been to the you know the inner city of Baltimore, it's very representative. Sad sad to say. Uh, you know, I've never seen The Wire, but everything I know about Baltimore is from. Oh, I'm going to space on the name of this game. There's some really middling horror game that was set in Baltimore, and it was a sequel. Uh, oh, rats. And you, I think you, you're just running around shooting things and punching zombies, and you can turn into a big monster. It starts out in a prison, and you escape from the prison. This, this probably sounds like someone describing a fever dream more than a video game. Uh, but you start out in a prison, and you escape from the prison, and you're in Baltimore. It's just not any, oh, gosh, this is going to drive me well, crazy. I mean, the experience of living in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what the developers were, were riffing on, is uh, how terrible some of the neighborhoods are in, in Baltimore. Uh, so uh, so you left Baltimore, and now you're in. So what is the place where you live like now? Uh, you called it, did you say Littleton? It's called Littlestown. Littlestown. Uh, that sounds, yeah. oh, my gosh, that sounds like something in Little Big Planet. That sounds like something <laughs> you play on your DS. That is insufferably cute, Ken. <laughs> And, and it's actually relatively um, descriptive. The the thing I'm al I'm always fond to say is that we have a stoplight. Stop! You have more than one stoplight in Littlestown. Really? You have one stoplight. We have one stoplight in the center of town. Do you know? Have you do you have you person do you personally see on the streets your mayor? Your um well probably, but I don't know who he is. So. <laughs> 
Uh, it sounds very idyllic. I can, I've driven through Pennsylvania. I've never really been, but my impression of Pennsylvania is, uh, holy cats, who put this beautiful state way out east over here? Uh, it, it just looks like a, a lovely place, what I've seen. It's like long and verdant and, uh, full of, I don't know, Quakers or whatnot. <laughs> I have a very idyllic concept of Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on where you're at. But, yeah, there's certainly parts of Pennsylvania that are, that are beautiful. I live about um, about 10 minutes from Gettysburg. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, okay. sure that's a, I'm sure that's an area where some people are familiar with. Sure, yeah. Big deal over there. Uh, and so besides playing uh, video games, and I want to talk to you a bit how I kind of know you, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, what do you do when you're not being a dork or a programmer, which I guess is a kind of dork? What, do you do, what else do you do besides work and play video games? Um, well, I guess one of the things I've been doing a lot um, just lately is uh, coaching my kids in soccer. Ah. Now, I have a friend who has, I think his son, my friend Christian, his son is, I think, six, uh, and he coaches a soccer team. And to hear him talk, there's not a lot of actual soccer going on when you have six-year-olds. Is that your experience, or is he just the, the coach of a bad team? <laughs> no, that I mean, that, what we what I uh, tend to call it is the you know kind of the roving cloud of dust. It kind of moves around the field, and the children kind of follow it around. But yeah, it's, at six, you're really just about you know going out and having fun and just seeing if they like kicking a ball around. Um, and now you're you're the coach. I am. I actually coach both my sons um, in soccer. And when you're coaching six-year-olds, do you make them do – now, we're, we're talking sports here, so I might get lost. You'll have to forgive me. But when, when you're coaching six-year-olds, do you make them do, like, like drills and whatnot? Yeah, we make them run, like, 50 laps. No, no. We, <laughs> we essentially play games. You know, we basically play, you know, the games that any six-year-olds would play, but we add a ball to it. So we play things like, you know, red light, green light, and – we chase them around the fields and and that kind of stuff. So that's that's all you really do. You just kind of kind of structured play. Now, one of the things I've wondered about is what is it like? Because this must be a, a, an, an important formative experience for a kid that age, learning uh, in sports that sometimes you lose. Uh, and is that something that's uh, a concern for you as a coach? That that they get hyped up, they play a competitive game, and they're not always going to win. Uh, is is that a big deal? Is that difficult to deal with as a coach of a bunch of five, six, and seven year olds? Well, as I've done this through, you know, I guess I'm on my fourth season now. What I found is the person that you got to watch getting involved in that is me. Ah, <laughs> more, even more than the kids, and that I just need to let it go. And you know, when the kids are, you know, because a lot of times what happens is the kids get frustrated, and three minutes later. They don't care. <laughs> you whip out the snack, and, and they're not they, they're not focused on it anymore. You know, there's crying and tears, but but you know it happens so fast and it just disappears. <laughs> it's kind of a fleeting thing for them. They just you know they don't concentrate it. You know they don't concentrate on it. The parents and I can sometimes, but um, but they don't. They're, okay, well, they're really good with it. Well, let me ask you this, Ken. How's your team doing this season? Um, well, we haven't started. So okay. I, I've got two teams. I think they're both going to be pretty good. So I think they're going to be okay. As long as they have fun, I, that's all that really matters. And you try not to let the score get out of hand either way. Right, right. Uh, uh, good. Okay, now, now I don't know if – I'm sure you – I presume you remember. Uh, we have played a lot of a PlayStation 3 game, not the one we're going to talk about today, but another one. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Resistance. And I, Resistance too. I kind of miss that game. Uh, I I really liked what they were doing with 
uh, not so much the competitive multiplayer, but they're they're a cooperative multiplayer. Uh, I I I pine for that sometimes. We had a good little group. I forgot besides you and I, there were a couple of other regulars, but I mainly remember uh, teaming up with you. Uh, so describe for folks what makes Resistance Two good as a as a multiplayer game. Um, well, Resistance Two, I guess as the the competitive multiplayer, I don't think either of us can talk about it too much. You might be able to. I, I certainly can. Um, we play with it just a little bit. Um, but as a co-op experience, um, it reminds me a lot of, of World of Warcraft, actually, kind of, uh, kind of raiding in World of Warcraft, even though that's not something I've ever really done. Um, but, you know, kind of that, you know, you get your party together and everybody specialized. So you have a medic and you have, you know, I guess I was spec ops, and then you have a soldier, and they all have different things they can contribute, and it's really hard to do without any one of them. Right. You re- it kind of has this forced cooperation, uh, much like games like Left 4 Dead do. You know, when you describe it that way, which is correct, uh, it, it actually, even more than Left 4 Dead or WoW, it makes me think of Team Fortress 2, where every class has a, an extreme strength and an extreme weakness. And the way the game addresses that is you count on the other players to make up for your weakness, and you help them with your strength. Uh, they had a, a sort of streamlined system. I think there were only like three classes in Resistance 2, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think there were only three. Uh, but yeah, it, it 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 did something like that. And you know what? What has kind of replaced Resistance Two in terms of my, uh, in terms of that kind of cooperative team play shooter thing? Uh, have you played Borderlands? Um, I have just a little bit, although I have not actually played it multiplayer. Well, the thing about Borderlands is they don't really, unlike Resistance Two, like that Resistance Two mode. If you sit down and you try to play it on your own, you're you're not going to get very far. I mean, you you need at least a couple of classes and the firepower of a couple of players. The monsters are really tough. Um, but Borderlands isn't like that. Like, Borderlands is more than happy to let you solo through it. It doesn't really force multiplayer. And even when you're playing multiplayer, there's not that strong sense of interdependency that you got in, in Resistance 2. Um, but I also liked in Resistance 2, you get a game like Left 4 Dead, and the, the guys that are rushing at you, all the zombies, are so disposable, and they die so quickly. Uh, it's just such a fast rush. But in Resistance 2 multiplayer, even when you're being rushed by a bunch of monsters, they're really tough. Like, you're, you're basically, it's almost like aiming a fire hose with how much, like, firepower you have to pour into those monsters. And there's this real sense that those things over there are really tough, and I need to stick with my buddies here or they're going to get us. Uh, I, I really liked how, how tough the monsters were in multiplayer in Resistance 2. Yeah, I think that's why, in some cases, it reminds me of World of Warcraft, and that it was ah. very boss-based, you yeah. know, where you have these kind of mini-bosses everywhere, where you're, you're going to be fighting this guy for five or ten minutes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that you're right. I can see it when you, when you think, because you're always working up to that sort of, uh, you know, the waves come out, but you're always working up to that big, badass boss guy. And, and yeah, it, it was like, uh, I guess in WoW, where you have to position yourself carefully and watch each other and, and heal each other up and drop ammo. Uh, you know, it's a shame. I don't think they ever released any. Did they release any downloadable content? I don't think they did because I, I think at the time, you know, we were all playing or at least playing, you know, a little bit. I, I think we would have been interested. I certainly would have been interested. Yeah, because they they had a there were successive levels that you had to unlock by playing and gathering. I forget it was like gray matter, or gray tech. I forgot what they called it. But you had to unlock the successive levels by basically. And I don't mean this necessarily in a negative way, but basically grinding certain levels. 
and then it would unlock the next one. And we got all the way to the last one, and it seems like it's such a no-brainer that Insomniac would have put together more of those co-op levels. But I don't know if it just didn't do well enough or they didn't budget for it. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame there wasn't more support for that. I like that. Yeah, I, I do believe at some point they down they did have some kind of download that allowed you to kind of, like, make them twice as hard or something like that. But I don't think they added any levels. Okay. Uh yeah, that, that's a shame that that didn't take off. Uh, that that was good. And, and uh, so you haven't touched, I presume, Resistance 2 in a while? No, I haven't touched it in a while. But it, but it is interesting, though. I mean, like you, I have, I have rather fond memories of it, um, which was interesting considering, you know, we didn't play it that much. We played it for a little while, but, you know, it wasn't something I got real, real heavily invested in, but I have very fond memories. Now, when you say we didn't play it that much, like, to me, I, I felt like that was one of those rare games that I really played a lot, even when I was done like normally because of I have to play stuff for work when I'm done writing about something or whatever I tend to not look back but that was one of those rare games that I was happy to keep playing even when it wasn't an assignment because there were guys like you playing regularly and because it was so so well built to get us to to play together uh yeah so I would be up for more of that sometime by the way me too we'll have to we'll have to see if we can arrange something no wonder I wonder if it still even works. Did they shut it down? <laughs> I, hope I don't think they shut it down. <laughs> if it was EA, you can bet it would be gone by now. <laughs> they would have booted that off of the servers. Yeah, you just uh, look at the calendar, see if it's been a year. Right. <laughs> now, uh, you wanted to talk about a, a game called NHL, which I'm guessing stands for National Hockey League. That is correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, why on earth would you want to bring up a sport? No, no, it's not the main game you want to talk about. The game we're going to talk about later, I, I can actually participate in the conversation. But I'm curious, <laughs> why on earth would you want to bring up to Tom Chick, who's a total sports retard, a, a sports game? Um, well, I guess it's because it's the game I play the most. I mean, you know, it's a game that came out in October, and I still play it more than any other game. Okay, well, now I'm going to guess. I'm going to make a guess here, Ken. You, in real life, are a hockey fan. I am a kind of a budding hockey fan, so I'm a Capitals fan, which um, you, you may not you may not be aware of it, but they're doing very very well this year. Wait a minute, Capitals? Yes, the Washington that's, Capitals. That's the name of the team, the Capitals. That is correct. That's a terrible name for a team. I, I would oh, don't be like, say that. I, come on, seriously. Even as a fan, can you have to admit that that's a horrible like mascot? Why are they even called the Capitals? Um, because they're in the capital. <laughs> <laughs> That, that may have something to do with it. Uh, okay, I mean, it just doesn't sound very regionally specific, or it just sounds generic. <laughs> but, um, do you ever go out, is there a team called, like, the Big Towns, or the, <laughs> the Capitals? <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm sorry, now, do they, I don't, do they get made fun of for being called the Capitals? Because if I was, for instance, let me think of what hockey teams there are. I think in L.A., do we have the, the Galaxies, or... We, I think we have a hockey team down here. I could be wrong, but I would bet you dollars to donuts that our hockey team's name is cooler than your hockey team's name. The Kings? The yeah, Kings. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah, come on. Who wouldn't want to be a member of the Kings? You know, we're royalty. We rule things. We, we can say off with your head. But the Capitals, what are they going to do? Like pass legislation? Uh, hold a legislative session. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, I'm well, sorry. This to... year they're going to win the Stanley Cup, so I think that might be... Uh... Quite good enough. So joking aside, seriously, the the Capitals are doing well this year. That's correct? Yes, they have the best regular season record this year. Uh, And so does this have anything to do with you being into NHL because you like it in real life, or is it the other way around? You start playing this NHL game, and you're like, hey, 
I'm going to find out what team my city has. How, how does that work? It's actually it's actually kind of the other way around. The, the, and they, or at least hockey was really the only sport that I kind of came at it from a you know from video games as opposed to the other way around. Hmm. Um, and that I've been playing NHL games since I guess you know NHL '92 or '93, whatever the first one was that EA came out with. And um, it's, so it's somewhat the hockey game, and then some and some of it's the enthu- and you know the enthusiasm of the the guys I play with mm-hmm. who are very much into hockey. Um, now let let me ask you some retarded questions. A hockey game has, like, I, I don't know, I'm just going to guess 11 members on a team. Am I even close? Like, when, when you're out um, on the ice, how many people are out when there? When they're on the ice, there are um, six members of the team. There oh, okay. Goalie. Oh, actually, that seems fairly manageable. Okay. Uh, by the way, how many are in a soccer team? Do you know? You must there, know. That, that is 11, yes. Ah, oh, is that why, is there a, winning 11 is the name of a soccer computer game, if I'm not mistaken, and it's probably mm-hmm. called that. Eleven men on that. Wow. Okay, I'm learning new things here. How many are on a football team? Uh, that is eleven on eleven as well. Okay. So so hockey is actually relatively intimate. It seems if there's only six dude, five dudes out on the ice on each team. Because uh, I was going to ask you with a soccer game or a football game, what is a player going to do when it relies so much on what these other, you know, what eleven different dudes are going to each do? What is the player's role? I guess you, you jump around and control different dudes. Uh, so how in a hockey game do you have some effect on five guys skating wildly, wildly around on the ice? Well, with five guys, there's, you know, there's plenty of ice out there to, you know, to move around and, and to do things. Actually, the Moby play is called Be a Pro, which essentially you're locked to a single character. So, for example, I play right wing, and that is the character I play. Um, and, you know, there are two computer you – know, t- typically we're playing – um, you know, you're playing competitive, so you're playing against other teams, and we typically have three or four guys on our team, so there may be one computer guy pitching in occasionally. Um, so but you're you know, playing basically, everybody's got something to do. Um, we're playing competitive multiplayer, much like a first-person shooter. So we're playing, you know, three or four of us versus three or four other people. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, you're actually locked on a single guy, and you actually have to play that role, just like if you're in a real hockey game. And here's another dumb back and support on D or go up and play offense or whatever you need to do. I'm sorry, go ahead. Is there any sort of like uh like does your character advance or anything or what what do you get if you win? Anything? Just the the win? Um there are there is a small level of advancement essentially as you which is really based on your ratings of how you play and the number of games you've played. So, you know, I think it I think it's at like, you know, twenty, fifty, seventy five. The last one's one fifty. I'm I'm probably got all the other ones wrong. <laughs> and the last one's 150, and you have to have an A minus, um, which is something I actually don't have, even though I have 300, uh, somewhere in the area of 300 games played. Uh, this is on the 360. This is on the 360, yes. And do you play other sports games, or you're just a hockey guy? I play other sports games. I'm actually in the Madden League that uh, I, you know, I've, hear, I've heard the talk, you know, the podcast talk about. Right. Um, and uh, I play soccer games occasionally, which is actually kind of funny. That the only game I actually play in real life, I I barely play the video game version of it. Um, <laughs> and, and I actually play. I'm an Orioles fan, so it's, it's becoming hard to be a baseball fan. But uh, you know, I play the um, you know the MLB game on the PlayStation Three as well. Now I actually know this. Baltimore Orioles is the the baseball team. That so, is correct. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, so how is your team doing in the quarter to three football league? My, um, I think both. Well, I'm actually in both the regular and the fantasy league. The fantasy league is one where you actually got to draft your entire team. I think I'm actually doing pretty well this season. 
Um, so I, is, I've I've actually played much better this season than I did last season. Is there a quarter to three like equivalent of a Super Bowl coming up? Is that anytime soon? The, well, I think we're about mid-season. We have we have already had a Super Bowl, and I I wish I could remember who the winner was. So let's pretend we're doing sports talk. Who should you be on the lookout for this season? Oh, <laughs> like what um, team? Who's the who's the the big threat, or however they would say it. In I, think, I think it might be Decognizer. I think it was the guy I played last week who beat me. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what? Because he beat somebody by 90 points in one of the games. Ouch. Um, Ooh, that's that's bad sportsmanship, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we, had a, we had a whole section in the thread about that. But, oh, did you really? <laughs> we, we did. Um, I, I, I told I, well, Basically, my comment was that, you know, if you beat me by 90 points, my mic starts freaking out, and I say bad things about your mother. It's my mic. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it freaks uh, out. Was there a consensus here that if he's winning by ninety points, he should pull back? Um, that was that. Uh, that was kind of what other people were saying. The two people that played it though seemed very fine with how it went. So they were, you know, the the one guy said, you know, kind of said, I needed practice, and you know, and that's all that matters. If the two people that played aren't irritated about it, yeah, you know, right. Fair enough. Now, out of curiosity, who was the guy who lost by ninety points? Do you remember? Oh. No, I don't remember. Okay, I would love to give him grief if if I ever talk to him. (laughs) Uh, What what games are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? Gosh, I I don't know if I'm really looking forward at this point right now, Um, just because there's so many games that... I have that are kind of sitting there and waiting. You know, kind of actually, you know what? That's yeah, that's a far better question, Ken. Is what's in your backlog? It's not like these days we're all sitting around twiddling our thumbs waiting for the next game. It's kind of funny. Like, there's so many good things out there. You don't really need to look forward to things. You can look sideways <laughs> to things, can't you? Yeah, I mean, this year's been pretty tough. I mean, I'm I'm probably, you know, halfway through Bioshock 2, and I've been playing God of War, and I just bought Final Fantasy, even though I've barely touched it. Now, you have a PS3, uh, but you also have a 360. Do you lean one way or the other? Um, well, it, it depends. I, I, I certainly buy more games for the 360, and a lot of that's because that lets me be on, so when the NHL guys come on, they want to play. I'm, I'm kind of around. That, there's that whole communication issue if you're on one system versus the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I probably beat more games on the PS3, or it's very, very close, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. You know, things like Uncharted 2, which we'll talk about later, and mm-hmm. Ratchet and & Clank, and things like that. I just seem to kind of fly through those games pretty quickly. Right, right. Uh, what was, did, so is God of War 3 the one that you've been playing? Yes, God of, the War, God of War 3 is definitely the game I've been playing through just lately. How far into it are you? Um, I just fought, and I, I, I don't think this is really a spoiler, I fought something really giant. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just fought one of the, one of the Titans. Um, <laughs> the opening Titan, though. Um, not the opening Titan, the one where you're kind of on his arm and he's trying to swat you. Ah, out. right, right. Where he's put, he's like trying to pinch you between his fingers. That dude. Yes, that guy. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, <laughs> you know what, Ken? I, I, I hope this isn't racist, but to me, all Titans look alike. <laughs> I can't tell one of those guys from the other. <laughs> they're, they're all very, very big. That's the, that's the thing you tend to remember. Uh, I just want to say, and it's not a spoiler. Uh, I can't wait until you get to the end of God of War Three. I just uh, what they did at the end of God of War three. I think you'll either hate or love. <laughs> it's one of those things where I was like, "Did you guys really do this? This is this is how you're going to end your game." Okay. <laughs> that, that well, I mean, to, I mean, to give you an idea, that big that big battle is kind of the whole reason you know I put down my money for the game. It's just the it's just so completely ridiculous the entire time you're playing it. Okay. Well, wait. Like, 
it's you, just crazy. You'll see where you're going. You'll you'll see where it all ends up. <laughs> uh, so the other game you want the, the game you really want to talk about to get today, the one that you brought up specifically, uh, and one that I, I think we'll have some interesting back and forth on. Uh, tell us what it is and why on earth you would want to talk about it. What makes this game the one that, that, that comes to the forefront of your mind when, when you're asked, what game do you most want to talk about? Um, well, the, well, the game is Uncharted 2, and I, I, guess, I guess there's kind of two reasons I want to talk about. One, one is I think it was probably, well, if it wasn't for NHL, I think it was the best game released last year. Mm-hmm. And um, both the first one and the second one, I just have this kind of unbridled enthusiasm about the game that I I don't know if I have, I'll have trouble explaining it, but it's one of those kind of things. It's like I'm just a big, big fan of this game, and it helps me overlook some of the flaws. Sure. Tell me, uh, do you remember how you came to the first Uncharted? Uh, was it something that you knew about, or was it a surprise for you? What, what were your early experiences like with Uncharted 1? Um, well, I follow the developer, and I have been a big fan of, um, gosh, and now, I can't, now I'm going to draw a big blank on on, uh, uh, Naughty Dog, the Jack games. Na- yeah, Naughty Dog. So they, you know, they had done the Jack games, and the Jack and Daxter games. So I had, um, I, I've been playing a lot of them, and I just kind of followed them, and it looked like a great game. So now, real quick, before we go on to Uncharted, so you played the Jack and Daxter games, but you'd also played the Ratchet and Clank games, right? I have, yes. So I have a question for you, and this might just be my own weird little predilection. I had a really hard time enjoying the Jack and Daxter games because I had played the Ratchet and Clank games and thought they had a much better handle on that sort of combat platformer vibe. Uh, I think the Ratchet and Clank games almost single-handedly <laughs> ruined the Jack and Daxter games for me. Uh, you, you didn't have that problem. You enjoyed all of them? No, well, I guess the Jack and Daxter games tend to be more of, they tend to be more platformers. You know, they're, they're more pure platformers. There is kind of a, you know, kind of a layer of combat. Whereas kind of Ratchet and Clank kind of flips the formula the other way around, where you know the the real fun in Ratchet and Clank is shooting things and making people dance and then shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that, so they're they're kind of different. Yeah, fair enough, fair. Uh, so so you're like Naughty Dog. I like these guys. I'm going to play this Uncharted game. But of course, Uncharted is, to my mind at least, absolutely nothing like Jack and Daxter. I mean, I can see points of commonality, but. Uh, it's such a completely different direction. Uh, did you know you were in for that? Uh, were you surprised at how Uncharted turned out? Yeah, I, I had read up enough that I kind of knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was kind of, kind of, you know, a, a very different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of looking at maybe the animation of the games, you know, which the animation in both games is, you know, really, really good. I, I don't know if you'd even know it was, a, you know, by the same developer. Right. Right. Uh, so, okay, so the first Uncharted, uh, tell me what you thought of it. Did you have any problems with it? Let's see, did I have any problems with it? Um, I, I really liked the first Uncharted, and mm-hmm. it was one of those games that I, um, I, I, you know, I, you know, it's one of those games that I talked to all my friends, you know, you got to play this, even though not all of them have uh, actually enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of problems. You know, a lot of people have problems with the combat, and I really like the combat. And I actually like the combat of the system. Of, the series, just because it's one of those things that, you know, when I play games like, you know, uh, you know Gears of War, I kind of sit behind a stone pillar and pop up and shoot until everybody dies. And Uncharted doesn't let you do that, um, particularly at the harder difficulty levels. You, you need to get up. You need to move. You need to, you know, go find another piece of cover. Um, you know, you're not going to have enough bullets to sit behind one pillar and, and shoot things. Right. Um, I mean, it certainly wasn't a perfect game. It had, you know, had a little bit of pacing issues in some places and, 
and um you know the the combat the combat was very formulaic and that you tend to you know it was the the rule of three you know that you typically run into with boss fights but in this case it was three waves of people um but you know I, but I, I mean i really liked the game i i did i wouldn't have anything terrible to say and i think it was one of the best playstation games i owned at least until maybe the second one came out I, I do remember there was a time, and it's kind of hard to think back to this because of how critically acclaimed uh, certainly the second one is, but there was a time when you would recommend Uncharted to someone and their reaction would be, what, really? You know, isn't that some just throwaway, like, Tomb Raider clone uh, where where you think back to it, – it used to it used to be an outlier if you were a huge Uncharted fan. <laughs> uh, and I, I just think of you recommending it to your friends. I just remember being so fond of that and, and it being such a pleasant – discovery uh, and, and how you really kind of had to evangelize for it and say, yeah, you know, this game, which looks like a Tomb Raider ripoff, uh, is actually very, very good and has a lot of character uh, way back and, when. And, and it's better than any of the Tomb Raider games that came out. Oh, absolutely. That's the funny thing, too, Ken, is it did, you know, the Tomb Raiders have always seemed so confused about how much platforming is there, how much combat is there, you know, is she going to use guns, what kind of things is she going to fight? I mean, the Tomb Raiders have had so many different iterations and have had problems sort of struggling for what their core identity is. And here comes Uncharted with a really vivid character and a, a confident sense of gameplay and... uh yeah, it it was just you know th- that's how un- that's how Tomb Raider should have been all along in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I know a lot of people pick on the Uncharted Uncharted's combat, but if you want terrible combat, the Tomb Raider games right. are, are are where it's at. Every time I think of Tomb Raider, I think about you know jumping and and spinning while a dinosaur chases me around, and you're just frantically firing with your locked on pistols. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the funny thing. Ken. Even the really good Tomb Raider games have terrible combat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do. So, so okay, so you play the first one now. Now, describe for me your experience with Uncharted Two. Um, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I guess the, I guess, the, I guess the easiest thing to say is they, they basically improved everything, at least in my opinion. Maybe outside of the hand-to-hand combat. Um, the first one's hand-to-hand combat was very timing-based and was kind of more rewarding to get right. Um, and the second one's kind of just mash the square, you know, the square button until you win. Right. right. But outside of that, everything seems to improve. You know, the it's got a, you know, it looks better. Um, the, you know, the combat's certainly better. It's a, uh, you know, a little more fluid, lets you do some different things. You know, the some of the things you do as far as platforming goes, and I know this is something that you didn't particularly appreciate, um, was more epic. So the the way I kind of describe Uncharted 2 is it's kind of a series of set pieces, and some of those set pieces are just just incredible. Right. Now before we we go too far, uh, let's 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 break the discussion down. I've done this before on a few podcasts. Uh, let's be careful not to talk spoiler stuff, and then at some point I want to specifically talk about spoilers about the end of Uncharted 2. Uh, but before we do that, I will mention that we're going to spoil the end of Uncharted 2. Uh, and then we'll get to that. So, so for now, let's let's not spoil the end of it and, and talk in more general terms. Uh, let, let me throw at you my objection to uh, sort of the basic gameplay format. I'm curious how you feel about this. Uh, Uncharted is to me basically three things. There's the story, which is very character driven. Uh, there's the gunplay, uh, and then there's the platforming bits. Uh, did you ever did you feel that it, it achieved a good balance between those three things? Uh and was that ever a problem for you that they were discrete and separate? Yeah, I, I guess I would say that the biggest problem is that they are they're they're almost too formulaic. 
and I guess this is, this is probably where you might go with it, is that you know, you very much got, you know, the three things that you mentioned, they very, very rarely happen at the same time. Right. You know, they, they are very discreet. And so, you know, obviously, you know, I think they do it for pacing reasons, but it might be too ham-handed. You know, it's just something that's kind of forced on you, and you know, hey, I'm going to be platforming for a little bit here, or I'm going to be fighting for a little bit here, or I'm going to watch a cutscene. Um, I don't think I have a problem with any one of them. Um, I know you had mentioned that you think the platforming is very automatic, and I certainly can't disagree with that. Um, but, you know, the, as far as the three things go, you know, the story, if we you know, kind of break that out you know, mm-hmm. separately, and, and, and we had part of this conversation, I think, on the forum, is that I, I don't think either of us think that the story's that good. Um, particularly the ending. Um, <laughs> um, but I do think that it, the storytelling in the game is pretty great. You know, as far as the storytelling goes, oh. as far as you know, how they tell the story, mm-hmm. is probably the best I've seen in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, elaborate on that a little bit. Like, what do they do with storytelling? Because I, I like where you're going. Uh, you, you know, the story's not that great, but the way they tell it. Uh, what makes it good, how they tell the story? Um, well, one is that they have, you know, the best actors in any video game. Yep. At least that, I don't I don't know if you can really fight that one too much. You know, and it's all very, very natural. There's a lot of talk with Uncharted 2 and that, you know, they actually got the actors together, you know, and they actually let them interact. And it shows in the game these people interact with each other. You know, they actually, um, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, mature games. As far as a mature, you know, a mature story, this kind of has it. You know, they kind of feel like adults interacting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they actually, you know, they actually play off each other. And you can get, you can definitely feel it. And that goes from, you know, just, you know, the way the actors speak to the way the characters move, um, you know, the way that they, they kind of treat even the story sections as set pieces as you kind of move around in the world. You know, when you say that, I'm, I'm thinking to, uh, in Heavy Rain, Heavy Rain tries to do some of the same things, but there's a certain fluidity and charm and humanness that comes, I think, from voice acting and animation, that Uncharted gets so perfect that other games try so hard to get, and, and I think fail at, and Heavy Rain is an example of that. Uh, yeah, can, sorry, that go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that, that right there, like, I, I, I think of my complaints about Heavy Rain, and then I think back to Uncharted 2, and, and you're right, like, there's, there's some magic, or they, get the, they balance the elements of the actors and the animation so well in that, uh, and it just looks effortless. It's easy in a way to, to miss or underestimate. But when you play something like Heavy Rain that gets that stuff wrong and is trying so hard at that, it really does highlight what an excellent job they did with Uncharted 2. Yeah, yeah I think one of my comments about Heavy Rain was that, you know, geez, can you imagine if the Uncharted 2 people had done, you know, the, you know, the actual, I guess, the gameplay? It's not really cutscenes, like, kind of. <laughs> well, you know, can you imagine the Uncharted animation inside of, uh, you know, the Heavy Rain engine? Actually, you know what, Ken, when you say that, because my problem with Heavy Rain, I'm okay with like an adventure game that doesn't have much in the way of gameplay and instead just wants to tell a story. I would love to see the team, Naughty Dog's work, you know, with animation and actors and uh, cutscenes. That would work perfectly for me in a Heavy Rain type environment. Yeah, I can imagine that. And that's, I want to play that right now. <laughs> uh, I think that would be ideal. Um, yeah, that would certainly add something natural to the, you know, I guess if I had to complain about Heavy Rain, and I actually quite liked Heavy Rain, mm-hmm. mostly because it was a game I could play with my wife, and we actually handed it to friends, and, and they've now played through it, so there's an interesting discussion that's going to happen there, but, you know, you know, they, they, there's, you know, there's certainly lots of Heavy Rain that feels a little wooden, you know, kind of like you said, you can see where they were trying to go, and 
and it's kind of that uncon- you know, uncanny valley of interaction. You can right. feel it. And, and yeah, no game has avoided it quite so well as, as Uncharted, I think, and Uncharted 2. Uh, now, how did you feel about the characters in Uncharted 2? Because obviously, so the first one, I'll just lay this out, the first one, uh, a very simple dynamic, you, you know, the, the, the charming rogue, the, uh, the, the love interest, and then the, the sidekick character. There's a very simple relationship set up in the first Uncharted. And the second Uncharted was a bit more ambitious. It had those same characters, but then it had the sort of the, the, the I forget the guy's name, but the guy who betrays him, the other young guy, and it had Chloe, uh, and it tried to, I think, play up the villain a bit more. Uh, it was much more ambitious in terms of its characters and story. Uh, how did that work for you? Um, I, I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, it, in a lot of ways, Chloe often felt like a distraction, I guess. You know, as it went on, and maybe that was maybe that was on purpose. You know, as you you know as you go along, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I thought it worked. I, I think you know I was listening to another podcast at some point, and one of the things that kind of gets me about the way they you know they they set up the love triangle is that it was kind of handled. Um, it, well, I, I think the comment there was you know you know hey at some point Chloe just says you know hey you two you know you know you know you can you can do what you want. Um, but you know, in a lot of ways, you you wonder like you know, uh, which one of these two am I going to have to kill? Because <laughs> that, that's how the, you know that's how games end up. You know, that's, that, that's what you're going to have to do at some point. And I won't and I won't say which one. <laughs> that's right. We're not talking spoilers yet, so I mean, the audience can decide that on your own when you get to that choice at the end of Uncharted Two. <laughs> Uh, so did so you you didn't mind Chloe because I I thought she was insufferable personally I mean I I just like oh god get bring Elena back I, just, I think part of the problem Elena is so good like Emily Rose and that character model and the fact that you've established so much groundwork in terms of the relationship between her and uh, I almost said Nolan North uh, her and Nathan Drake. Uh, that, I think that made it so hard for Chloe to be a character. I mean, she was an interloper for for the audience. I think for people who played the first game. And I was like, get her out of here. I don't. I don't want her around. I, I actively disliked Chloe. Uh, and and you didn't have that. You were okay with Chloe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you know she's got you know she's. I guess she kind of has it going on early on. So <laughs> you know they kind of they kind of lead you to believe that that's that's you know all you're gonna you know that's all you're gonna see the whole game. Um, I, if I would have a problem with Chloe, it's just that the way as the story progresses, and I'm trying to say this without spoiling it, is that it gets a little bit confusing, you know, if you should be helping her or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, character's you know, motives kind of like, aren't – that's the thing is it, it loses some of the, the simplicity and clarity of the first game. Uh, which I think was a strength. Uh, you know, they wanted to do something a little more complicated, a little more nuanced in the second game. Uh, so it loses some of that clarity, I, I felt. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to viewers as an interloper in that maybe that's maybe that's what they wanted. You know, maybe they want you to feel, you know, she's kind yeah. of poking her way in. Well, it, it certainly does set up this, this wonderful sensation when... Uh, 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 not Emily, which, uh, I can't, uh, Elena. It certainly does set up this almost sense of relief when Elena finally shows up. I mean, it makes Elena's arrival that much more welcome, uh, in a way. So, uh, and I, well, and I, I mean, you know, it's hard not to like the. Uh, I, I guess I always say Alina, but the, yeah, it's always you know, it's hard not to like that character. Yeah. Uh, did Did you hate that Flynn guy as much as I did? 
I did. And, you know, it was one of those, you know, and it happens in every Indiana Jones flick, which is, I think, right. one of the big reasons I like Uncharted, too, is that it reminds me of the Indiana Jones um, flick. And without getting too far off the question, it also reminds me of, like, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, was it? Par- oh, uh, now I can't think of it. Jewel of the Nile. Reminds me of Romance the Nile. Stone, Jewel of the Nile, right? Right, yep. Yeah, Romance of the Stone and Jewel of the Nile. If, it, I, if there's a game, if there's a movie that this is patterned off of, I'm, I, that's the one I guess. Yeah. But, you know, like Indiana Jones is always carrying somebody with him. That's an, He's obviously going to betray him. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> if you remember, too, they did a whole fake out with Sully in the first game. Like they, they, they And they make you think, oh, Sully's betrayed you. What a jerk. And then, you know, Sully, anybody who's playing the second game knows Sully is not a bad guy. Like he's a, It's like, oh, he betrays him. No, he doesn't. Uh, you know, they did a very good basic fake out with, with the sidekick in the first game. Uh, yeah. That's true. You know, there's always that sidekick. Yeah, you can't trust him. Right. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of the thing. Since they knew that you could trust Sully when he shows up in the second game, they have to throw in a new replacement kind of for the sidekick that you maybe can or can't trust. <laughs> and that was Flint. Well, and they definitely <laughs> made him look kind of like like greasy and, and snotty. And it, Did he have an accent? I think he might have even been English, which is always, that's, you know, <laughs> English accent means bad guy. That's, that's kind of the, uh, the, and you know, even Chloe actually, Chloe had an accent, didn't she? Yeah, she did, but she had a sexy accent. Yeah, but still, accents mean you can't trust people. That's the, 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 the that's the cinematic shorthand here. If they have a full accent, coming. yeah, exactly. You should have known. Uh, okay, now let me let me throw this one at you. In the first game, there were a bunch of villains, uh, and they they sort of came and went at their own pace, and you know, one would die, and there was always another one in the wings. And by the time the game was over, I think there were maybe three or four villains that you got through. Uh, this time they set up a, a crazy genocidal war criminal with a scarred face, whatnot, like a bald space marine type villain. Uh, did that work for you? Um, I, I, well, it depends on what you mean by work for me. I mean, I guess in any game you're always going after some big bad guy. I mean, he was just as big and bad as any other guy. I don't know if I treated him as special or or different, just, you know, kind of the means to the end, you know? Right, right. Uh Okay, fair enough. I, I I kind of liked the disposable villains. I mean, it was kind of cool. Like, okay, here's heroes, and the villains are just going to be a formality uh, in the first game. And, and mainly it's just I, I thought, like, Bald Space Marine, I forget if he was Russian or Serbian. Uh, I, I just, I, I didn't like that guy. Uh, and certainly, well, we'll talk about how it ends up in a minute. Uh, okay, so before we move into spoiler talk, uh, let's talk a bit about the multiplayer. Uh, because this is, I think, one area where I, I think Uncharted 2 is just golden. Uh, the multiplayer in that is fantastic. Uh, so you and I tried to do some co-op. Uh, we got a little bit in, uh, but tell us about the different co-op forms that you can play in Uncharted 2. Um, well, well, there's actually several of them, even more than we discovered that night. Um, and I say discovered in that, you know, even though I wanted to talk about Uncharted 2, I had barely touched the, the multiplayer. Ah. I played a little bit of the co-op with, a, with one of my boss, you know, my boss at work, but um, I had not played it a ton. Um, it was one of those things that, you know, it came out in November, and there might have been some other multiplayer game that came out in November. <laughs> uh, November seemed to be... Yeah, that's a pretty busy month. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, I really enjoyed kind of getting back to it. And, you know, we, you and I played, and uh, CSL from the forums played, and CSL and I played again while we were waiting for you. But there, there's actually several different modes. One is kind of, um, you know, they have you know that that mode that's kind of becoming standard now, 
um, where you know you kind of get in a you know you kind of get in an arena and the bad guys just keep coming in waves, and you have to kill them off. Um, by the way, what I'm talking about is actually just the co-op modes. There's a whole you know you know multiplayer mode where you can face against each other, just like Modern Warfare, and you level up. It's not quite you know certainly not as intricate as Modern Warfare. Um, but I, w- I would actually say it's probably more fun. Um. <laughs> when you do unlock, uh, you don't unlock weapons necessarily, but you unlock these two perks. You know, you have two slots for, I guess, basically perks. Uh, so you can set a little load up for your character in the competitive, which uh, I, uh, I would go with more fun. I would agree with you on that. <laughs> totally with you, with you there. Yeah, and again, I don't want to get off on a, I don't want to get off on Modern Warfare 2, but I, I think the, the problem with Modern Warfare 2 is that whole, the way the leveling curve you know, happens is I just kind of hit a wall where it just wasn't as fun. Um, and I think a lot of that's because really the only mode that, that really seemed to work right for Modern Warfare was Deathmatch. And Deathmatch is not something I get particularly excited about anymore. Right. Um, so the co-op modes in, you know, you know, in uh, Uncharted 2, I mean, one is kind of a mode where you essentially go through a mini story mission. No, wait, real quick, before, before we get to that, I'm curious what in your mind, because I, I know different people have different words for this, what do you call that mode you were talking about where uh, you stay in one place and it spawns enemies? Like, oh, how do you, how do you remember. Uh, is it Horde? Is that the one that... I'm that just kidding, like, yeah, it? I think a lot of people think of it as Horde mode because they, they associate it with Gears of War. I was just curious if you had, like, a different shorthand for it. Um, no, I think the same exact thing. Yeah, so Horde mode. So they've got Horde mode. Uh, and then, of course, you were going to mention, so I've played very few of these, but there are those great... Uh, story mission sections. Right. There's a there's a sec, you know there are sections where you basically go through three separate stories. Mm-hmm. With apparently you can play three char- three characters, which we didn't know when we played. Oh, you so. can. Oh. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, CSL and I actually played with some random person on the internet um, who was 12 and and full of language. <laughs> so we we spent the entire time trying to kill him. Um, <laughs> Did that work? Is there friendly fire? That would be well. You can't shoot them with your pistol, but you can blow them up with grenades with a rocket launcher, <laughs> and then you can kind of watch them die because you know you get that little meter when somebody gets incapacitated where you can bring them back. Oh, y'all are mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, know, you can, there, there's three missions like that which are a lot of fun, and that that's the kind of DLC I'd like to see. Um, you know, I had mentioned to you the you know the ass slapping, and that's where and that's where that happens. There's a scene where. You know, you 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 have to hold up a beam while Chloe crawls you know crawls through and she slaps you on the ass and <laughs> oh I thought oh so it's like the you, the the ass getting slapped is a dude's ass yes oh and nobody wants to do it together okay <laughs> <laughs> I totally had a different picture in my head of what that was going to be like okay <laughs> so You're it's not running around going stand still stand still. <laughs> All right, so it's just a cute little scripted animation when you're when you're uh, transitioning uh, a piece of the geometry. Then, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, but what was really funny is I mentioned I was playing. I actually played through that that mission with my boss, and and when he slapped me on the ass, I said, "We shall never talk about this at work." <laughs> Which you have now just talked about on a public podcast. Nice. <laughs> that's okay. So um, your boss has slapped you on the ass. Um, virtually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Still being slapped on the ass. <laughs> now, and the the thing about the the story missions is they do include some of the platforming, climbing, uh, and they do include the sort of the cool scripted battles. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I like the way they put those together. And then there's some other modes too. You can play. Um, it looks like you can play at least a decent number of the multiplayer modes. You know, the competitive multiplayer modes co-op. So you can play a mode where you essentially have to get a treasure from one end of the map to another. Now, that's plunder, uh, and that's something I love that, but that's definitely a distinct co-op mode. Uh, 
So, so those are the three co-op modes I know about, and I, I could be wrong, but my understanding is you only had the straight-up horde mode where you stand in one place and it spawns enemies that come at you. Uh, there's the story stuff, and then there's plunder mode. What was there? Yeah, that makes um, I, I, I don't know. I need, to, like I said, I need to spend some more time with it. Because you can't, like for instance, it doesn't have bots, and a lot of games these days don't. But uh, so that's not necessarily a, a fault. But you can't, for instance, like, uh, like there's a there's a recent re-release of a high definition version of Perfect Dark, and those games, like Time Splitters, those games that. Uh, it wasn't rare. Who? Yeah, it was rare. Yeah, it was rare. And they became free radical. I forget. But anyway, those games were really good. About you could play any game mode co-op in the sense that you and I could sit down and set up a game against bots. Uh, so a lot of not many games are that fluid and dynamic or flexible anymore. Uh, but th- unfortunately, you can't do that in Uncharted, which is kind of a shame because it seems like they have good bot AI. Uh, uh, but anyway, I wanted to mention in the, the plunder mode, I really like a lot. Now, you and I in CSL played some of that. Uh, did, have, you, have you spent any more time with it? Yes, actually, CSL and I played it, played it uh, for you know, a couple hours when we were waiting for you. <laughs> uh, and, now, and by the way, just to, uh, when you were waiting for me, I, it was like five hours before I got my modem. <laughs> so I was offline for you guys. We don't want to wait. An hour. It was just an hour or so. <laughs> uh, but what... Uh, now, it's a loaded question because I have an answer for this. What do you think makes the plunder mode as good as it is? Um, well, I would say that it works so much better when, you're work- when you are working together, when you're throwing it up to a spot and somebody's waiting for it. Right. I actually think what's really interesting about the multiplayer in general, and that's both competitive and co-op, is that everything's so vertical. And they definitely stress that in the plunder mode as well, and that you're typically throwing it up something. Right. Right. And that whole up thing is something you, I mean, you play with it in a lot of shooters, but not not like this. Not that you're climbing it and and you're scaling things all the time. And 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 by forcing you to work together, you're not only working together, which you have to do in any horde mode. But what I like about the plunder mode is that so often horde modes get very stagnant. You know, you find one corner of the map and you hold off, and basically you're there until you run out of ammo and they overrun you and you die. But you actually have to transition around the maps. You have to move with other players and coordinate your movement around the maps in plunder mode. I really like that a lot. I love the dynamic that brings to horde mode. And as far as I know, Uncharted 2 is the first to do that. I don't know if, if you know, there's another game that I just missed. But I really like that, what that brought to co-op gaming. Is that you and I can't just sit here with our backs to the wall and wait until we die. We have to go out and be proactive and do something on the map. I really like that a lot. Uh, right. I mean, it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of, I think it's Team Fortress that had the mode with the train car that you had to push. You know, it's oh, this that's kind right. of roving, you know, objective that's going to kind of move across the map. And you kind of know where it's going, you know, after you've played it a couple times. You know, so, you know, it's, I, I do like that. I love that it kind of moves you around. And I think that's actually a strength of how the Uncharted combat works and that it wants you to move. Well, it's exactly, it's like you were saying before, when you're against the AI, you, you've got to, you know, they're going to try to flank you, they're going to throw grenades, it's very dynamic, you're going to run out of ammo. Uh, it, exactly, it wants you to move, it gives you this really cool level geometry and lots of ways to jump around it and climb around on it, and it creates gameplay where you have to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, I, yep, yep. Uh, so uh, you haven't played much, because I haven't played much of the competitive stuff, uh, but that looks like uh, pretty typical sort of deathmatchy kind of things. Capture the flag, I think they've got. Uh, 
I don't know what because there's a whole when I set up a multiplayer game for us, there's like like six or seven modes that I just scroll past to get to the co-op, which are on the far right of the menu. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few of them. I thought there was a plunder, a competitive plunder mode, but I'm probably wrong. But there probably I, is. I apologize for being so ignorant of the the multiplayer portion of the game, but uh, well, that's something I barely tip my you know dip my toe in. Yeah, and it's so good at co-op. I mean, I really like it's it's such a solid co-op. I feel like if I just wanted to play straight up deathmatch, there's other games that uh, I could do. And here's another thing I really love about it, Ken. Um, the co-op, the the, the multiplayer levels don't seem to sacrifice any of the level of detail that is in the single player. I mean, it looks gorgeous, uh, even once they have to build in all the, you know, networking wizardry or whatever it takes to make it a multiplayer game. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. Definitely. Uh, okay, let's talk spoilers real quick. So if you okay. are listening and you have not finished Uncharted 2, you might want to fast forward about 10 minutes. Uh, here we go. Spoilers. Three, two, one. All right, so here's a big problem I have. Um... At the well, how did you feel about? I, I just hated getting to this this mystical, like cool city that's supposed to be a big revelation, and it's just another jungle. Not only that, but suddenly it's got like super tough enemy mutants that are throwing blue hand grenades at me. I I just I, I just felt so let down that the story comes to this. Uh, did you feel that disappointment, or was I maybe expecting too much? Um, well, I guess I felt some of that initially. I mean, there's that, there's this, you know, the way it kind of starts is you start fighting them. And then there is a section where, you know, the other soldiers are fighting them and you're fighting, you know, and you kind of come across it. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the former part, it, it is a kind of, you know, the game kind of slows down. It changes the pacing. It's not, it's not as fun, I don't think, as killing the other guys. Um, the latter part I thought was a lot of fun. I think it's fun to come across the battle, you know, it reminds me of, you know, like the old Half-Life game, you know, I, I guess. Oh, very good. Too, but, you know, you're always kind of coming across the battle already in progress, and I love that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where you get to, you know, hey, who do I want to weaken? Do I want to throw somebody <laughs> down? Or do I just want to sit and watch? Yeah. Yeah, or do I just want to watch? Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are always fascinating to watch, so see how it plays out. Did you ever get to a point in Uncharted 2 where you turned down the difficulty level? I did not. I played through the first time on normal, and I'm actually about halfway through on hard at the moment. Oh, what is that like? How is it? How is it changing being hard? Um, well, it's interesting, and I actually played through half of the first one on hard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it happened, what happened to me, happens to me. Well, at least it happens to me a lot of times when I when I bump up the difficulty, and that at first I die a lot. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the things that I used to do, which were rush in, you know, hit somebody in the head and yeah. take their gun and hide behind something and then take pot shots and do what I want. That's something I, I just can't do. So there's kind of that, you know, oh, this is kind of a, you know, a little bit of a different game. And then after a while, you have to, you get to appreciate how the con- you know, how the combat system actually works because you now have to exploit it. You have to do things like, you know hey, maybe I actually want to try to use, you know, stealth and get behind somebody so I can take over a gun or, you know, take over, like, a gun position. Or, you know, maybe I want to be a little bit more patient here. Or, you know, I need to move right here because I know somebody's coming up behind me. So at at first it it kind of – at first I didn't like it because it slowed the pace of the game, and I really liked the pace Mm -hmm. of the game. Mm -hmm. And now I think I I really – I've really enjoyed it. So – 
You know, that's a good... starting to appreciate it. What that makes me think of, Ken, is that I, I never felt any of the stealth kills were that big a deal. Because, you know, if you stealth kill someone, it, it tells you how much extra ammo or grenades. Like, it tells you what bonus you get for a stealth kill instead of a normal yeah, kill. And I remember just kind of shrugging, thinking, you know, whatever, a few extra bullets, what do I care? But I bet on hard mode, that, that really matters, and that must really come into its own when you bump up the difficulty. Uh, yeah, I, and I barely bother with the stealth mode. You know, a normal or right. hard. Just to give you an example, there's a there's a scene where you went into kind of that you know the city where they're trying to find the temple, mm-hmm. um, and there's a section where you're hanging from a window and the guys walk around. And if you're patient enough, you can throw like you know four of the five guys out of the building mm-hmm. and never have to fight them. And that's something I just I never even knew the first time I went through. Right, because you could just it's simple enough to just kill them and be done with them. Right, right. Uh. Uh, so when you say you you play you you're like is you're you're halfway through playing on hard now is this something will you finish the game on hard? Um, probably. <laughs> it's something and I always meant to do with the first one and never did. Um, are, are you I doing? Think I'll get farther along this time. Are you doing it for the trophy? <laughs> Am I doing it for the trophy? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I played through the first Uncharted, it was before they had trophies. So the set, when I when I tried to replay the first one, it was specifically for the trophies because <laughs> I didn't have any trophies for it. Here's this game that I loved. I'm telling everybody to play. They can go look at my trophies and see I have zero. <laughs> um, the second one, I don't know. I'm not that focused on on getting the trophy because you know there's a, there's other trophies I'll never get like searching for. You know, all the little bits and pieces that are floating around in the environment. You know, all the right. little, uh, you know, the masks and vases that are just, you know, floating around. Did you just call them vases? Yeah. Good Lord, Ken, they're vases. <laughs> what are you, English? <laughs> are you a villain? Are you one of the bad guys? <laughs> vases. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's all this, you know, crap in the environment that's in this nook and corn. You know, they're always in these little nooks and crannies that you're... There, there you go for an English term. They, they you know, they... <laughs> There's always some place where you probably shouldn't bother to go anyway. Right, exactly. It's a it's a way to sort of pad the gameplay by saying, hey, if you want to look for stuff. Uh, the thing is, I, I so am over, like, collectibles that don't have any kind of gameplay implication. You know, if, if it's not going to do anything to the game, if it's just there for the sake of being a collectible, I don't want any part of it. Now, that said, any time I saw one of those little glowy bits, you can bet your bottom dollar I was going to try to get over there and grab it. Uh, <laughs> well, well, this might not help you, Tom. But if you get, if you do pick them up, they are, they do have a monetary value. If I'm not incorrect. Oh, you know what? You're right. And the money is spent. Is it just unlocking character models, or what do you? You can spend it to unlock all sorts of stuff, including things in co-op. Oh, weapons. You know what? I so, I so take that back then, Ken, because you're right. It does have a gameplay implication. Cause, and, of course, leave it to Naughty Dog. They're making platformers before this. It does have a gameplay implication because you're right. You get the money, and you're buying stuff, and you're unlocking weapons. I think you can even use in the single-player replay. And I forgot about that. Yeah, they're they're good at making you find those treasures and giving replay value to the game. Yeah, I mean, the the, the thing I don't the, I don't like about them, and I really don't like about them in Uncharted 2, is that um, I'm tempted to go look for them when something important's happening. So, you know, say a helicopter is chasing me through a city, and I'm like, hey, what's behind over here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the helicopter can wait. He's not going to kill right. me. I've got to check back behind this door. Uh, now, so here's the real test for whether or not you're a trophy whore, Ken. Are you ready for this? What level are you on the PlayStation Network? Oh, I have no idea. Very good. You are not a trophy. 
That, that I, probably, to... I, I probably have a general idea of how many achievement points I have on the 360, but I, I, <laughs> I well, have the, no idea on the, the 360. The 360 is much better constantly showing you your achievement points. Uh, the, the, their little trophy system on the PlayStation Network, I think they could learn a thing or two from the, the way the 360 does it, because as you earn trophies, you earn, I don't know if they're experience points or whatever, but a bar fills up, and each time it fills up, you go up a level. But I, I think a lot of people have no idea that, that you are a certain level on the PlayStation Network uh, because they just don't do a good job of thrusting it in your face like Microsoft does with, with those gamer score points. Uh, yeah, well, they could, I mean, I think they can learn a lot from how you know, achievement points work. And Yeah. But I do find myself, I mean, to their credit, I find myself, when I put a game in the PS3, you know, I'll look at that trophy list and I find myself sort of scanning the list for different activities to do and things I might want to look out for. Uh, you know, they're getting there, slowly but surely. Yeah, the only game I've gotten wrapped up in trophies is Infamous, where um, uh-huh. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty close to getting them all. Do you know how many gold trophies you have? Zero. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think I got... No, hold on. No, I'm sorry. Gold. No, platinum is the highest, right? Oh, well, the, you know what? That's what I meant. The super platinum. highest one. Well, actually, so platinum is, is not only the highest, but that's like... See, yeah, I wouldn't even ask anybody, because I think every most normal people are going to have zero platinum trophies. Even people who play a lot of games have super high gamer score points. Those platinum trophies are insane. Uh, but even the gold ones are pretty hard, and I, I might, I'd have to check, but I might only have like one or two gold trophies, because uh, those are even pretty prohibitively difficult, I think. Yeah, you're going to make me go and look, but I, I have no idea. Right. I really don't know. Uh, well, okay, now I'm going to ask you uh, something that's completely unrelated to anything that we've talked about. It's an absolutely random question, and if you answer this, you will go into the drawing for a free game on the platform of your choice. I know you have several platforms to choose from. Do you have a Wii, by the way? I do. Oh, you I, I, you must. I think I have one of everything. Okay. Uh, so here's the random question for you. You ready? Okay. Where do you get your groceries? Um, well, we probably get most of them from Walmart and then a good bit of them from the, the one grocery store in town. Which is called? <laughs> Kenny's. Oh, that's kind of cute. So I ask because... Different regions have different grocery store names, and you are used to saying the name, uh, but to people from not in that region, it might sound a little ridiculous. Uh, Kenny's is kind of cute. It doesn't, now, is Kenny's a chain, a grocery store chain thing? They are. Okay. Uh, see, that doesn't sound nearly as ridiculous as I was hoping. Uh, my friend Mike Cathcart, who, who you know of, uh, mentioned something that you guys have, which I think is like a 7-Eleven called uh, Wawa's. That's right. Now, how can you say that and not – don't you feel ridiculous talking about Wawa's? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I talk about Wawa's. I just go and get gas there. But you say – like you say in the course of normal conversation, hey, I'm going to go to Wawa's. That doesn't make you feel like like, it, like an infant. <laughs> like like it's baby talk. It's not the name of a store. That's baby talk. Uh, so here, here's what I'm going for with this is I remember in Arkansas, uh, we used to, and I think people know about this, we used to have uh, grocery stores called Piggly Wigglies. Uh, and, and that's saying like Wawa's, like you're going to Piggly, Piggly Wigglies. Have you never heard of that? No. I thought that was famous. I, okay, it sounds like a child's toy. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's better than why It's more dignified than Wawa's. At least it's a child who can form words. My sons probably have a Piggly, we probably have one in storage from when they were like two. <laughs> 
Two from Hasbro, the Piggly Wiggly. No, Piggly Wiggly was a chain of stores. I don't know if they got out of Arkansas, but... Uh, and it was just like supermarkets. And you know what, Ken? I I might be misremembering this. Have you seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Uh, not in the last uh, decade or so. <laughs> okay, but you know it's about a government. You know the government is is setting up a program where they're going to receive the UFO mothership. There's this government conspiracy subplot kind of in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And at one point, they disguise their trucks when they're going to move out to Devil's Tower and set up the base. And they put them in all these trucks that are that have innocuous-looking faces on the side of them, big old semis. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I seem to recall that Piggly Wiggly's makes an appearance on one of those trucks in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, so I think that might be a national, internationally known grocery store chain, which is more than I can say for whatever Wawa's is. Uh, wow, I don't think it's internationally known. <laughs> I think you've just been living in a cave. You play too many <laughs> hockey games. You need to expand your horizons. Uh, so here was another one that I always thought sounded weird. In Arkansas, there was a chain called uh, Skaggs Alpha Beta. Skaggs? Yeah. Wow. And that that makes sounds me... like a derogatory term. Well, isn't that what you call all those stupid dogs in Borderlands? Or those scrags or something? Or, but you're right, it does sound like it, it could be something that might... Like, if you wanted to use that as your name on Xbox Live, it might not make it past the filter, like Fuzzy Slug. <laughs> Piggly Wiggly probably wouldn't make it past the filter. I can't either. believe you haven't... I thought everybody knew about Piggly Wiggly because it was so ridiculous. Uh, all right, well, that's a new one. Uh, so, for you listening... Uh, I want you to post in the thread, uh, where do you get your groceries? Uh, name some regional grocery store where you actually get your groceries. Uh, and in order to go into the drawing, you must start off your post with some sort of apology or disclaimer about how you know the name sounds silly or weird or awkward. You have to start off with that, even if it doesn't, even if you shop at Safeway or whatever, and then tell us where you shop for groceries, and you'll go into the drawing. Well, let me throw another one at you, Ken. Uh, here in Southern California, and I think these are all over the West. I don't know if they've gotten East. There's a chain called Trader Joe's. Now I think, well, I've heard of that, but only um, you know through the forums and, and okay. they have a website. I guess I guess in this era of the internet and whatnot, people are more aware of each other's regional grocery stores. I, I suppose. Uh, so, but that's where I get my groceries is Trader Joe's, and that that sounds kind of uh, sounds kind of like frontierish. I, I like the sound of Trader Joe's. Uh, so. so it's not frontierish, right? <laughs> they do. I think they they attempt a kind of a, a 19th century frontierish motif. Uh, so you know they're trying to. You walk in and there's there's different decor and sort of the rough hewn wood and rope and I think they're trying to look frontierish. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the only the only reason I know about Trader Joe's is I gave something about tra- Trader Joe's. I think it was a cookbook to uh, one of the quarter to three forum members um, for uh, the you know, the Secret Santa thing. Mm-hmm. And Trader Joe's came into this equation? Yes. Huh? I think it was the Trader Joe's cookbook. Well, it's a great it's a great store. I mean, they have reasonable prices, and they have, like, you know, sort of not, not hippie healthy food, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of processed stuff and, and junk there, but it's, it's their own types of food, and it's not, you know, it's good stuff, uh, and it's very affordable. So... If you decide to move out to California so you can hang out with us at Shoe Club, you'll also be able to shop at Trader Joe's, so you know. So, 
Uh, Ken, all right. Well, I, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. Uh, I would always be up for some more Resistance too, and I had a great time with Uncharted 2 and would love to try more of that co-op. Uh, okay, well, thanks for inviting me. I, I had a lot of fun. For those of you listening, join us next week. We will have Joe Rune out talking about Emperor of the Fading Suns. Does that mean anything to you, Ken, if I say Emperor of the Fading Suns? Um, outside of something that somebody um, put on the forum the other day, no, it doesn't. I never played it. So you're not much of like a PC strategy gamer, are you? Um, I, I'm actually fond of saying that I like to buy PC strategy games. I just don't <laughs> to play a whole lot. <laughs> they just never make it out of the backlog. <laughs> yeah, they. That, you know, I play the first, you know, five levels or so, single player, and then get distracted by something shiny. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Ken. We will be seeing you around on the forum, and uh, it's good to talk to you today. Okay, thank you, Tom. Don't you need her badly Don't you love her way